Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand, and this is where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. Happy January 18th, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's a special day for your old host here. It's my birthday. 44 years old today. It's uh, kind of a strange one. I think 42 is all right. 43, a little weird. 44 just doesn't seem right. I think it's because uh, if you multiply that times two, it's 88. Uh, man, to even think about that's so crazy. Halfway to 88. If I make it to 88. Hmm. I don't know. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But I don't know. It's It's kind of funny. It's got me thinking a little bit, you know, about how you spend your time, what you do, all that sort of stuff, trying to take advantage of uh, the little bit of time that we do have uh, here on planet Earth. I think I've done a a reasonable job of utilizing my time in a way that I find enjoyable and uh, gives me good experiences. Uh, In some ways, I've, I've always sort of thought, you know, part of the goal is to have those memories uh the memories are the true wealth you know if you've got a a brain full of full of uh good times adventures friends family all that sort of stuff all these experiences then uh you're doing pretty good because that can be pretty fulfilling i i one of my favorite things to do is read through some of my old journals from back when i was doing a lot more traveling and and stuff like that it's i don't know it's kind of fun got me thinking so just one of those days. I'm up here in Michigan right now, taking a couple of weeks from the boat, and that's definitely much needed, and trying to work on a few projects here and there, and then uh, head back sort of with a fresh fresh outlook, ready to put everything back together. I was able to find some gallows from a gentleman up in Virginia, which is awesome. Uh, Pick those up, and so hopefully by the time I get back down there in February, we can get them brought down and start basically rebuilding Sparrow and get it ready for, I'm not sure where I'm going to go yet. I figured that out as well. So there's a lot of what ifs out there. But for today, uh, I figured it was time to put out an episode that we recorded a couple of weeks ago and she's a returning guest. Her name is Kenzie and her and uh, Phil are on sailing vessel Thalasso with their lovely dog Ada and one of the things that we had talked about a few times her and I is sort of the anxieties that are very common uh, pre-departure of any sort of trip no matter how big or small and some of that stuff and uh, they also went through a pretty ugly little situation going through some some bad weather close to shore and uh, I don't want to spoil it or anything like that, but that's sort of the second half of the podcast is this great story. And Kenzie does a great job of telling that story. So uh, for for uh, at least a little while, I shut up and I just listen, uh, which I know is an unusual thing. But uh, yeah, so hopefully everybody enjoys this this little show right here. And yeah, it's always good to have a returning 
returning guests uh, that come on with the confidence and the swagger of true podcasters. It's always, always very nice. But before we begin, as I always say, if you want to join the 41 person strong family on Patreon, follow the link in the description and uh, that supports this show, keeps it ad free and all that sort of stuff. And uh, hopefully uh, just keeps up in the game as far as more people I can talk to and better mics and all that sort of stuff. So that support is absolutely huge. If you want to reach out to the show, Head over to sailingintooblivion.com. You can click on the podcast link and uh, go to contact the show. Other than that, obviously, we still got all the shirts and everything. Link in the description for that. But uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Kenzie. All right, back to GoPros. GoPros. Uh, yeah, this one. So, <laughs> uh, version eight or whatever. The mm-hmm. cool thing about this one compared to like the earlier ones, because on my first voyage, mm-hmm. it was, uh, I think, uh, a generation one, you know, oh, man, you was, were like in at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. It was <laughs> it was just a random one that my brother had. And I, without that, I wouldn't even had like a decent camera on the trip. Okay. But in the first for the first like half of the voyage, it's all in like that fisheye wide. So you look at the horizon and it's curved. And, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I was just trying to capture, you know, anything I could, but it was really shaky. And these newer ones actually have like an anti-shake thing. And so even if I'm, if I'm here and I sweep it over, Mm -hmm. it doesn't follow the the motion of my hand. It, it somehow makes it so that it's more of a perfect sweeping motion. Isn't that wild? It's weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like the computer is, is trying to correct my deficiency <laughs> like you're drunk let me help you a, <laughs> yeah right oh, oh man but. yeah we i think ours has got to be like a three or four so it's it's not the beginning but it's really quickly after yeah and that's been the one of the biggest reasons that we haven't used it is because of that fisheye of shaky cam and then the fact that there's no screen on the back so it's like you put all of this work in and you try and get this good shot and you never know. It's yeah. like Russian roulette. And then at the end, it, it might be crap. Well, and, <laughs> and that is true. It's it's very discouraging. Um, and even, uh, you know, with this one, uh, I have it set so that the screen just sort of turns off after. But it, it's nice mm-hmm. just for the initial, like, okay, this is what I'm looking at. I can see it. And then you sort of right. go to town. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've learned over the this last voyage especially to just shoot as much as you can as long as it's not bugging you Mm -hmm. and you know when you get back you want to be able to sort of have to sift through right as much stuff as possible so Mm -hmm. when you launch your youtube career you and (laughs) phil on philasso uh with with the hound aboard yeah Yeah, right (laughs) well welcome back to the show kenzie it's uh fabulous to have you Thank you. Pleasure you know, to be here. I do appreciate it. Like, <laughs> it, it really is. It's great to have uh, returning guests because there's no nerves. You've been to the studio slash Mighty Sparrow before, <laughs> and it's nice and easy. But yeah, um, but yeah as, as I was saying before, uh, the last bonfire we had, we were talking a lot about sort of the, the fears and anxieties that come along with setting off or planning or even thinking about some of the ocean trips or 
you know, offshore passages or even coastal cruising when it comes to sailboats. Cause, uh, I've always said that bad stuff can happen. It's rare, but it can happen. And it doesn't matter if you're 20 miles, 200 miles or 2000 miles from land. Um, once you sort of get out of sight of land, it's you're, you're on your own, so to speak out there. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and I wanted to really just start out by saying that I feel the anxiety every time I'm plotting and planning right to the moment that I enter the dock, the first 24 hours of any passage I've ever been on. I'm like high alert, (laughs) checking, double checking. So it's Mm -hmm. not. I wouldn't want you to feel like it's it's something that's that just wrong with you. Makes me feel so much better. Like <laughs> you have no idea. I I had this like construed notion that this was going to go away sometime in the future and I don't think it's going to, but as long as I'm not the only one who like has these fears. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, and and I think I tend to try even with something that I don't like about like myself or my brain or how it thinks, I try to flip it on itself and look at the positives that come from it. Yeah. So, you know, with something like that, I know that if I'm a little anxious about, say, sailing back up to Maine, it's going to make me do way more boat checks, be more yeah. thorough, um, not be lazy and complacent. Mm-hmm. So there are like positives to it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we are... Phil and I still think we are new cruisers. We're baby cruisers. This is, you know, we've done one full year and that's about it. And it was really our shakedown year. We went from a Hobie cat getaway to a 37 foot blue water boat. Yeah. And that's a big jump. So learning all of that along the way while you're living on the boat and you're trying out new jobs and all this stuff. It's just, it's a lot to absorb. Mm. And I think that that's been one of my biggest anxieties of just, we're new and we haven't done anything yet. And we've only just started getting to that point in cruising where we're doing things a second time. You know, it was, it was a full year of everything that we did. It was the first time we did it. Yeah. And that's terrifying. And that's a big a big ask of yourself where, you know, you you're planning on going out, being on your own and you say there are going to be things that happen that I can't prepare for. I don't know are coming. I've never done before and I've just got to figure it out. Right. And, you know, that's I don't know it's nerve wracking. Well, and you do have to remember because I, I, I can remember thinking in that same respect of like, well, if I'm going to have a boat. I have to like become an expert with the rigging and mm-hmm. I got to know how to fix my engine, you know, whenever it breaks and this and that. And when I started out, I definitely did not know a lot about a lot. Yeah. And I still don't know a whole lot about, you know, if I were to hop on somebody else's boat, I'd be like scratching my head. Like, <laughs> okay, how do you turn the engine on on this thing? Right. Um, and you're right to the point where, you know, the first time that you jump into some of these situations, say you have a, a malfunction with the, the engine, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like, oh, geez, you know, what do we do? And then you go through and you sort of say, fix that, find it's like a, a loose alternator belt or something like that. Yeah. Something easy. And then now all of a sudden, that's like one of your tricks that you've got in, the, in your back pocket, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And 
if something happens, all of a sudden you're sort of like, oh, I know what that is. Let me go right. take care of that. I recognize that sound. So it does. Yeah, <laughs> it does bring out some of this, um, I don't know, experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then also kind of breeds that confidence as well, because it's yeah. just one more thing. But nice. little technical difficulty there. Sorry, <laughs> you were saying. No problem. <laughs> uh, I was just saying that as as a solo solo sailor, you have so much more responsibility, but I feel like that forces you into having a better understanding of your boat and you make every decision about what goes on this boat and you have to fix everything. And no matter what level of sailing me and Phil do, we're always one part of a pair. Yeah. So that gives us the benefit of maybe being able to jump into things sooner because I only have to know half and he only has to know half. But then on the bad side, I only know half. Right, right. I see what you're saying there. Well, and and on the other side too, you know, I do you think that because it's not just you, there's a little extra sort of not I don't want to say fear, but apprehension mm-hmm. because you don't want to sort of screw something up because there's a witness. Because <laughs> um, as a solo He'll sailor, know. one <laughs> one of the greatest things about that is that I can screw up. Mm-hmm. essentially anonymously without any sort of repercussions, embarrassment, right. um, you know, except for myself chiding myself when I yeah. screw up. And I have plenty of times. <laughs> There's been times where I I almost, I must look like some sort of um, schizophrenic person <laughs> uh, where I'm literally like, you are such an idiot. How could you do that? And then I'll like snap out of it and be like, now, now. <laughs> That's not helping. Now we have a new problem. All right. And we are back. Things look like they're working pretty well now. I'm just going to try and not touch the microphones. (laughs) Don't touch it. But yeah, microphones and and salt water and and egg yolks uh, (laughs) don't mix all that well. And I had, you know, I actually, I took three microphones out there with me. And Mm -hmm. this is the only one that actually made it. That's a new one. I should have just bought two new ones, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um. Anyway, to to your credit, I think that my fear of messing up is less about someone's going to catch me Mm -hmm. and more about I feel responsible for more than just myself. And in kind of a, yeah, in in kind of like a self-deprecating way, if I go out there by myself and I, I screw up, I get whatever I deserve, you know, like that's on me. And if something bad happens, it was, I probably did something to cause that. Right. But if I were to mess up in a way that were to harm Phil or to harm Ada, I couldn't like I couldn't handle that. And I think that that's where some of that anxiety comes from is just like it's I'm worried about more than just me. Um, And also knowing half of everything, it's pushed us to be able to do things faster than we would have on our own. I mean, we've we've done more we've gone farther than either of us could have on our own and because of the team aspect right yeah. exactly like you just get more done and you know everybody has different strengths and phil has been leading the engine for instance um he has read so many textbooks about that engine he has done <laughs> everything and and he's incredible at it and it was only recently that i did from beginning to end without instruction, the oil change all on my own. Oh, that, nice. I was, oh my God, I was so proud. 
But that's like the most simple, basic thing that you can do on an engine. And, you know, I haven't yet. And it's been it's been a year plus until I got to that point. Um, and I can do woodwork. I can do wiring. I love electrical work. I can do plumbing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but we just have our different strengths. All right. That's this. Uh, that's our last, <laughs> hopefully our last interruption. Um, I think I, I was just about to talk about how disconnected I am from after sailing alone for so long. But I did do one trip with a buddy of mine who was on the Appalachian Trail at mm -hmm. the same the same year I was. And he came and basically we sailed up to Maine. And luckily it was, you know, nine of the best days as far as weather was concerned going up there. Uh, and that was one of the things that I was pretty anxious about. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, what if we get into some ugly weather? Is he going to be able to handle it? And more importantly, am I going to be able to keep him safe on my old boat that I've beaten halfway around, well, all the way around the world? Um, you know, I, I had to tell him like my life raft had been sort of was a year out of date, like all this mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And I definitely felt a bit of concern, let's say, that yeah. there was going to be this, this other person on board. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I tried to think of how how he would be looking at me as sort of, uh, I guess, the less experience because he didn't have any experience on a sailboat and sort of the confidence that can be brought about by knowing that the other person, you know, is going to be able to rise to the occasion, so to speak. Sure. And I think I'm sure in in your guy's case aboard the lasso. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Phil looks at you and is like, oh, yeah, she can handle it. <laughs> God, like I hope when so. <laughs> there's going to be times where he's going to need help, yeah. just like there's going to be times that you need help. And the other person is going to sort of fill in that gap. Yeah. And and I think, you know, that really speaks about the strength of having, you know, not just one person, but an actual crew yeah. on the on the boat. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's really hard to to trick your brain into thinking a certain way. Right. But, you know, after a while, you can sort of develop that. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges for everybody is your expectations of yourself. And a lot of people will say that, you know, you're your own biggest critic. And that can be something that brings about all of those checks before you leave. And, you know, you're nervous about something and you want to be your best. And it can also be the biggest downfall is if you just don't trust yourself to mm -hmm. be able to do all of the things that somebody else believes that you can do. Right. Well, I that definitely, I don't know, it's, I'm trying to figure out a mindset and what actually goes through my mind because when I have those feelings of anxiety before I go, mm -hmm. I try to think of how I cancel them out or if I just ignore them or <laughs> uh, or through more thorough preparation and stuff, mm -hmm. then, you know, that's sort of how I get on with it and just keep keep blasting away. Yeah. But I know when I'm out at sea, this is probably the most poignant, I guess, example and I, I sit down and I download the weather and there mm -hmm. is, let's say, a near gale coming mm -hmm. and I'm going to get hit by it. Boom. Anxiety. I'm already like, oh, I'm yeah. out offshore. 
and you know I've been through pretty bad weather and I know what mm-hmm. it's like um and I know we've always sort of been able to make it but there's part of me that's like ah mm-hmm. like ah and then I think the thing that I'm always trying to tell myself inside of my brain is that you will rise to the occasion when it's necessary yeah and one of the things that I used to do and I've learned how to sort of just cancel it out of my head is think of the what ifs Mm. and worry about you know as the approaching storm is coming in yeah it's like well what if the mass falls down what if Mm -hmm. the rudder breaks what if mongo falls off uh and then i start trying to sort of come up with game plan like plan a b c d which Mm -hmm. i think is healthy and it's good oh yeah Uh, but in the end it's sort of the one thing that always trumped it all for me was that I was like, I will be able to deal with whatever's going to come, yeah. you know, and, and obviously you can't totally say that for the ocean because <laughs> the ocean will always win. Uh, you know, she's a fickle mistress. Oh my gosh. She totally <laughs> is. There was, I think it was Sir Robin Knox Johnson who was talking about, um, you know, the ocean always wins. Nobody ever conquers the ocean Mm-mm. because we always have to go back to land. Yeah. The ocean's always sitting there, just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. Yeah. She's got the pace, patience needed. Um, are are there any like sort of specific things that that sort of set you off or, or trigger those those sort of feelings? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> I just I don't know that anybody knows this, but I am actually constantly in a state of anxiety. Uh, I think <laughs> All the a time. lot of people are. A lot of people are. <laughs> Oh man, I think that it's, it's for me, it's so much less about what sets it off because it can, everything, everything can set it off. Um, And it's more about how I've learned how to react to that that has helped me in the last couple of years. Um, For instance, like, you know, what it might do, the what ifs, the weather. I think Mm -hmm. the weather is the biggest thing for me that freaks me out. I mean, I see videos of like the big waves and Oh, God, they just make my heart start fluttering. Yeah. Um, But as far as the other things that make me anxious, it could be running out of food. It could be somebody getting sick. It could be somebody falling off, um, you know, any number of things. And I don't know that there's anything tied to what sets it off. Because, I mean, what causes you to start freaking out if, you know, maybe someone's going to break a leg? Unless yeah, you see yeah, somebody right. break their leg, like I don't, there's nothing rational that makes me start thinking about that. Um, but it happens. I think that this past year, like you were saying, the things that you can do to kind of change your mindset mm-hmm. is I always think, well, always now, like I was saying before, we're starting to not do things for the first time anymore. And that has been a really exciting shift for us that's given me a lot of confidence. And it's also given me a lot of perspective about like all of these things that were scary and all of these things that were hard and all of these things that we didn't know how to do. They're not as scary anymore and they're not as hard. And we did them already. So we know how to do it a second time. And you can start to frame your mind for those anxious things like the weather. For you, for instance, I mean, you were keel up in this boat oh yeah pointed to the sky so you know (laughs) god forbid i hope that never happens again but if it does you know you can do it 
Yeah, as long as I'm down below when it happens. Right. I or be like right. be very well tied to the boat. Yes, that is that is true. <laughs> that you, that was the first time I've ever uh clipped in myself on this boat and Really? Uh, yeah, that night, yeah. Wow. Before it happened and uh and after. It was uh I don't know, I don't know if I just had a feeling uh or what, but mm-hmm. it just seemed a little sketchier than normal uh so yeah i was clipped in for the first time ever even on the whole trip around the world i never never did See, that terrifies me that sets off my nerves well yeah <laughs> and it's understandable but there's this old so uh bernard motissier used to talk about um the the dangers of i don't know how does he put it it's like the dangers of uh a false sense of security sure. so if you and I always recommend people use all the safety gear they can um, just to be extra safe. But if you are wearing a harness and it makes you to ease up your grip on yeah. the handrails or go forward when you know you really shouldn't because mm-hmm. it's kind of dangerous uh, because you sort of feel like, oh, I'm, I'm clipped in. Yeah. I'm totally safe. That can sometimes lead to pretty bad accidents as well. That makes sense. Um but, you know, and and on the other side, he would say, you know, when I don't wear one of those, I'm grabbing hold of that handrail for my life because if I lose that grip, I go overboard and I'm going to die. So it, it yeah. sort of puts it into perspective. And But, you know, in reality, that doesn't change the fact that you can get hit by, you know, an oddball wave or you can step on a, a flying fish and slip or something <laughs> like that. Something weird and Have odd. Have you done that? Uh, no, no, I haven't. But I would imagine it's like a banana peel. Oh my gosh, you know? yes. Who's a little slippery, a little oh, devil. Oh, that's funny. Well, <laughs> you guys went through um some pretty ugly weather right here on the coast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, well, before we get into that, I do want to say, with all the sort of uh, anxieties and stuff and the concerns mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. have, you still have just been out doing it for the last year. You're on the boat, you're moving the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos. That's great. Thank you. You know, that's pushing through. That's, that's not letting those, those concerns sort of uh, rule us. your world and stop you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we're at the point where like we need to keep going and it sounds so cliche, but we didn't come this far to only go this far. Yeah. And there's been so much trial and there's been so much everything, like there's been so much work and it's been so hard that we're finally at the point where it needs to start paying off for something. You know, we need to make it to Florida. We need to make it to the Bahamas. We need to go on this grand adventure that we've been working so hard for. Yeah. Otherwise, what what's it all for? Right, right. Gotta keep going. And it is, it's true, like that whole like a uh, uh, Rolling Stone goes no moss, same mm-hmm. with the boat because- you can get into these cool marinas or cool anchorages and then all of a sudden it's it's there's there's a lot of attractive things it's like yeah. easy to go shopping it's it's nice and calm all the time there's good people around mm-hmm. but you do you have to sometimes you literally just yeah. need to cut those dock rip lines that bandaid off just go oh and so so what is the plan then south from this point <laughs> we and, we're going to well we're allowed to be here until the 12th Nice. After that, um, we have recently stepped into a lot of responsibility. 
uh, with work and and things like that. So I think we might have to adjust our plans, but we we still want to go out and see things that we've never seen before. And this is as far south as we made it last year. Mm-hmm. So that won't be that hard, but we we want to go and check out Florida and maybe the Keys, maybe the Bahamas. We just want to go somewhere and have a good time. I would, uh, I'd vote for the Bahamas. I would too. Because <laughs> the Keys, I mean, the Keys are definitely cool and it's coastal mm-hmm. getting down there, but the Bahamas have this sort of international flair. Yeah. They're also going to be super, depending on where you go, like you can find you, you and Phil have your own private beach, oh, that, that would be sort so of nice. stuff, little yeah. tiny islands, lots of cool stuff to explore. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're still getting the chance to sort of cruise south. You get to St. Augustine, you get down to like West Palm, and then mm-hmm. you've got your 90-mile crossing, which you guys can do right. in That's 24 nothing. hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. you leave in the morning, you get there in the morning. Yeah. And um, and it's easy to do a weather window as well. Right. Because typically, this late in the year, you know, you're going to be able to find a nice southerly to just go and rip straight across. And then once you're over there, yeah. then you're you're there. Yeah, I think we just we need to get back in that mindset. We were traveling for the holidays and we get back here. And like you said, it's it's so cool here and you get to see all your friends and it's comfortable. Um, But we just we need to remember why we're here. So Uh, (laughs) we're trying not to decay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, and it is uh, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to just, you know, untie and go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only because there are certain dangers out there for sure um rare but there are things that can go wrong but also just the the comforts of being tied up to a familiar place oh absolutely Um, but i will say for sure you know the adventure is always worth it like you get out there and good bad or whatever happens it's Mm -hmm. it's always going to be an experience that you get to sort of look back on and grow as a person learn more, all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. So well and it's that's what these boats were made for. Like these older boats that were in, they were meant to be on the ocean. They were meant to go. And I think that that's where they're happiest. Mm. And that's when they take care of you the most too. I mean, our boat can handle so much more than we can. And yeah. that is something to remember in, you know, storming situations where I just need to remind myself that like my old girl can handle a lot more than I can. So I'll be just fine. <laughs> you just have to trust in them and, uh-huh. you know, take care of them. I, I know I always said that if I start getting past like a year or two goes by and I haven't done an offshore trip, mm-hmm. then I know it's time to pass this boat on to somebody younger yeah. and more ambitious and, and wanting to right. go. Um you know, well, that's the dream, at least. You never know. When you're selling a boat, like, you just have to you just have to grin and bear it. But yep. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you guys went through a pretty crazy experience. We did. We um, we did not go keel up, but <laughs> we were out for our second cruise uh, overnight passage. So we we hadn't done a lot of them and that's probably why a lot of this happened because we're not (laughs) like we're not those seasoned sailors um but it was it it rocked us where where were you headed from and going to we were headed south from southport north carolina to georgetown okay so it's kind of this alcove um it's an overnight sail it's not 
too much. Wait, no. Nope. We're going north. The opposite direction. Georgetown oh. to Southport. Okay. Um, And we had been anchored in the river mouth out of Georgetown for probably a couple days waiting for a good weather window. And there was one that came... Um, and it was supposed to have all the right conditions. And the worst part of it was that we might get light showers in the evening for a couple of hours. Uh, it wasn't supposed to change the wind at all. It wasn't supposed to do anything but maybe make us a little wet. Mm-hmm. And that is not what we got. <laughs> that is not what we got at all. Um, and But before I tell you any more, uh, Phil and I have told this story many times. And it's always different depending on who you ask yeah that's what i heard <laughs> it's it's very much and it it speaks to what kind of sailors we are i think where phil oh, yeah. he tells you the facts he tells you like all of this stuff that was happening and like what the numbers were on this and that and like he he's very analytical in how he sails the boat yeah and I'm who you come to if you want to see story. There we go. We're in, you're in the right place, sister. <laughs> so take everything that I say with a grain of salt. Um, I like the poetic edge of a story yes. far better than the sharp edge. Always. Perfect. Well, um, we we were going out and there was something about having that that little shower on our trip that just made me nervous. It was one of those anxiety things um, where we hadn't had weather when we went out before. You know, the, our first sail was beautiful. Like I just if I could make every sail like our first one, mm. it, I would never come back to land. It was amazing. And I was nervous to have the potential of any sort of weather. So when we were leaving, I was like double checking all of these plan B, plan C, plan D of if this turns into more, what do we do? And I was trying not to think about it because I didn't want to work myself up and get really anxious about it. But I just wanted to, you know, at least have a second plan. Mm. And there is an inlet in between Georgetown and Southport that is for our boat and our depth, um, sketchy. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's not like having our... to watch the tide or yeah i mean you've got to come in on the right tide there's shoaling all over okay. the seawall yeah. um the channel markers are well they exist <laughs> and that's right. about it and you hadn't been through it before right no no i just happened to Add see that. it yeah. on the map and and it was just in passing where I just held on to that. I'm like, just in case there's this this tiny little inlet that we can squeeze through if we cross our fingers mm-hmm. um, if we need to. That's good that you're planning things out that way, though. I mean, literally, that's that's the sort of stuff we we would always think of as good seamanship where mm-hmm. you are, you know, you're going from point A to point B and anywhere in between that can be like an emergency stop. Yeah. Those should all be highlighted and sort of known and and researched. So right, well done. Sorry, go Thank ahead. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I mean that that came as as an anxiety of mine of, of you know looking at that storm. If if I hadn't felt that way, I probably wouldn't have looked, and and then we would have been in more trouble. But we we went out. And it all happened as the day was starting to get darker, where we had this beautiful day, great sailing, great wind, uh, nice and sunny, didn't seem like there was a cloud in the sky. And as the sun started getting lower, the clouds started to come in and we were watching it, but we still weren't that concerned because that's what we were expecting, you know, Mm. some light showers. 
And we didn't think about it much. Um, and this whole time we had been, I think, Phil will probably tell you I'm wrong, but I think about five or more miles offshore. And we didn't have cell phone reception at this time. And that's where all of our weather was coming from because, again, we're new sailors and we totally forgot that our radio has a weather channel. <laughs> yes, it does. Usually channel two on the eastern seaboard for uh -huh. our listeners. We know that now. I'll bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, uh, you know, we, we were off and we didn't have anything to look at that we remembered. So we're going and it didn't get bad until the sun like had just set. So it was getting dark for all reasons. Yeah. Um, and it had been raining and just started to get a little windy where the waves were picking up and we thought, eh, short thing of showers, we're going to get through this. And we decided to turn off uh, of the direction that we were going and just kind of try to keep our position so that this tiny little shower storm could pass us mm -hmm. and then we could resume and go on our merry way. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Sensible. I do it all the time out offshore. Right. right? Um, but what ended up happening was we stopped going the course we were going, which we could have potentially made it out of the storm. And we hunkered down and just turned off the engine. We pulled the sails in and we were pointing the boat in any direction we could to make the waves comfortable. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, we were getting closer and closer to shore, we were about five, four miles off shore. And we knew we had that distance before something bad was going to happen. Um, and so wait, are you just drifting at this point? Well, the or do wind, you have the engine on and you're... The wind had picked up enough that we were sailing on bare pole. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so it was just enough to keep us where we wanted to be, but not enough to like really go gotcha. anywhere. Okay. So we thought it was great. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so as it's gotten dark, conditions are whipping up a little bit and we were thinking we should really know what this looks like because we wanted to know how long are we going to be in this mm -hmm. um is there a certain direction we should be going it's all dark so we can't see the waves we can't see anything like that and we're trying to get closer and closer to shore and at this point the boat is very uncomfortable it is like the storm has picked up and we're kind of starting to get a bit spooked uh so we're going towards shore and Phil's at the helm, I'm inside, and Ada is terrified. Oh, like, she was so uncomfortable. And I nestled up in our settee and, like, had her in my lap. And I was just sitting there, and, like, every 30 seconds, I would refresh my phone yeah. to see if I had service to look at radar. And it took a really long time, and the storm built and built and built and got worse until finally, I think it was, like, four and a half miles offshore that we had finally made it to, that I refreshed, and I saw the radar. And it was not great. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, right. We had managed to stop at the absolute worst point and hold position in the worst point <laughs> where this storm had created that that ominous circle of like, the, you know, the, the named storm hurricane thing. And we were smack dab in the middle of it. Oh, geez. Right in the middle. And that was the only reason that we... It, it was like ominously fine, but like it felt weird. Yeah. And that's exactly why this like the, it just swirled up around us and I saw the radar and my heart just sunk and I sprinted out to the uh, the helm and I told Phil, I was like, we have 
a tunnel and it is closing and then we're going to get our shit rocked. <laughs> like, oh <my> <laughs> we have this tiny little tunnel and, and I don't know what fates were on our side, but that tiny little tunnel that was closing in on us pointed directly at that inlet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like smack dab in the middle of it. And this sketchy little showy inlet became like that was our plan. So we're going and we decide, okay, we're turning the engine on. We're booking it. We um we ran our engine to spec, like where you really go down on it and then you let up and you let it drop temperature and then you go down on it again. So we were running it as as fast as we could to try and get to this inlet before this tunnel closed yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. just was bad. Um, just bashing just, into the yeah. waves at that point. Oh no, we were going with them. You're going with them. Oh, we're so going it's like with them. So we were surfing. Around. Yeah, yeah. Um, our boat is not meant to be terribly fast, but yeah. uh, I think the fastest that Navionics said we were going was like ten plus knots <laughs> on bare pole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As we were surfing down these like giant waves that you can't even see, um, but we ended up starting getting in and all of a sudden as we're going the throttle which it has never happened before and it hasn't happened since but the throttle slipped so it wouldn't stay where we needed it to be mm-hmm. and phil everything's dark he's at the helm he can't look at the charts because they're bright and they're killing any sort of night vision he has so i'm trying to navigate looking at this thing but then i also was trying to like calm ada down that i can't do anymore she's got to stay inside and the poor thing is like getting smacked by books falling off the walls oh i can only imagine oh i felt so bad she's a champ she did so good but i i'm sitting there i'm trying to navigate this showly inlet and i'm also paying attention to the engine specs because i'm in charge of the throttle now because i cannot let go of the throttle yeah Otherwise, the engine stops. So I'm, you know, pushing it and pulling it back and pushing it, pulling it back. And I've got like 10 things that I'm trying to look at as Phil is practically having like a just like a boxing match with the helm trying to keep us going in a certain way. (laughs) It was it was wild. But we ended up getting close and Phil sees what little there was for markers. And he's done by this point and I'm done by this point. And he just wants to turn in. But there's this big, huge shoal there that's off of a seawall, and you see the markers for the seawall, but, I mean, the markers are practically on a beach. Like, the shoaling is so bad that we had to go out and around and in, and every couple of minutes, Phil would be like, I need to turn in. I think, yeah, I'm going to turn in now. And I I practically had to, like, shake my finger in his face if I had one to give, (laughs) and I was like, you will not turn in right now. It's like I think I think I see the line the markers they're lining up. You will not turn this boat. <laughs> like, you will do as there. I say. <laughs> I like it. Hey, you know. Well, that's that team aspect right yeah. there. You know. Oh, for sure. And and this whole time he's like he's so nervous because he thinks she's crazy. Like she's nuts. I need to turn. And I'm like, oh, you don't, don't you, don't you run my boat aground. <laughs> <laughs> it's my boat. Oh, man. Oh, so we finally, we got through all of this and we got in 
And everything just lined up well for us where the tunnel was to the inlet and the inlet, like we made it. And then Phil was like, where are we going to anchor? And I was looking for somewhere and he was just saying, I will anchor in the middle of the channel. I don't care. I'm dropping the anchor. And I looked at the chart. I'm like, well, what do you know? There's this little alcove right on the other side of the inlet. Perfect. (laughs) Boom. So we went there and it was the shortest dropping anchor maneuver we've ever done because we were just, it was like, drop it, whatever happens. We made it. We don't care. And we woke up in the morning to sunshine and massive waves. We're getting rocked and we realize that we are anchored right off of one of the biggest party beaches of North Carolina on the ICW weekend of the 4th of July. It's Saturday morning. I'm like just happy that my eyes are open at this point. I'm I'm so drained. And there's like Sito right next to us because some drunk guy like ran into the shoal and <laughs> It oh was, really? Oh yeah, it was packed. The whole ICW was packed. And we're getting waked to no end. And we're like, we just went through this big old storm. Like maybe you guys could go literally anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, were were there any boats in there the night you've pulled in or no? No. Totally empty. No, then. it was it was totally empty. Oh wow. Totally empty. And we could just barely see like when we got in, it was another 30 minutes and the storm was gone. Like it, it came up and it went away so fast yeah. that that storm didn't get named until after it had already dissipated. And we like heard the news thing like, oh, hey, this weird thing happened on the ocean today. Oh, wow. Turns out there was a storm out there. Like we know. We were in a- We know. <laughs> Did they actually name it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like Colin or something. Or oh, was wow. that the recent hurricane? That I'm not too sure. I'm not sure. They named it. I think it was Colin, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Wow. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. These things come out of nowhere. Right? They do. They do. <laughs> now I know. And, you know, as per what we were talking about before, I mean, you guys worked as a team. Mm-hmm. You were able to, you know, maybe the 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 initial choice might not have been the best one in hindsight, but eventually once you had your game plan formulated, you guys worked with each other, got through even dealing with the throttle issues, but yeah. navigating in because, you know, let's face it, the, the most dangerous part of sailing is when you're in close proximity to land. Yeah. Um, and you were able to get in there and then anchor safe sound. When mm-hmm. it sounds like other people definitely <laughs> didn't, uh, they got on the shoals and stuff. So yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think my favorite part, I was just picturing, have you seen the movie, The Perfect Storm? Yes. I'm picturing <laughs> that scene where Mark Wahlberg is, is doing the throttle while George Clooney is yes. steering to get up in the waves. <laughs> I'm seeing you and Phil doing that same thing. Perfect. That's exactly what it was. Oh, my gosh. And both of us have um, our foul weather gear is actually commercial fishing gear. Yeah. So it's like this high vis orange rubber suits. So I've got to imagine we just looked like just something. Probably like hardy seafaring folk. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's it's a look. It's definitely a look. And so when we woke up that morning, like we we. It was beautiful. It was sunny. Everybody was in their bikinis and there were there were floating coolers like oh, wow. everywhere. And we just we just like stretched and hung these big orange rubber suits out on yeah. the lines. Just be like, can we dry out a little bit? And so I'm sure we just looked like some ramshack, like floating, you know, something. I don't know. 
but there were like these shiny yachts all around us. I'm and surprised we're just... they didn't come over and be like, you guys need a beer? Oh, I would have taken one. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Yep. So well, we, we slept for a day and then we had to navigate the ICW on the 4th of July. Oh, geez. So that was yet another really fun. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. I, you know. No. We saw a high speed chase. Oh, really? For the first time. It was amazing. Between the Marine Patrol or whatever? Yeah, Marine Patrol and like this big yacht that just was, it, I mean, they must have been going. I don't know, 30, 40 knots down the ICW where oh, there wow. were like people tubing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It was a day. It was a day. But <laughs> I'm day. I'm sure, you know, it, it definitely must have felt far less stressful than, you know, the night before. That's that's mm -hmm. one thing that I've always looked at when you go through bad conditions. You know, the worse they are, the better the world seems when you finally get right. out of them. So in some ways that's always just something you can look forward to. Or yeah. at least I do. Just just a little bit of shell shock. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does well, you good. You know, a little bit. <laughs> Makes you appreciate the calm after the storm. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing sort of, you know, not only that great story, and you are a great storyteller, um, <laughs> but also some of the, you know, um just some of the the fears and the anxieties because yeah. I, I know it was kind of a strange thing when I finished the trip around the world and then I had to go and take the boat south. And I think I left November 1st um, in 2018 and I was mm -hmm. headed to Charleston and then I was going to the BVI and I was pretty nervous because it's way far north. It's late in the fall mm -hmm. and all these people were sort of like, oh, it's just like a little trip for you now, isn't it? And <laughs> oh, no. I'm thinking to myself like, no, actually, this is pretty scary. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I, this is late in the season yeah. and the systems are coming off. I'm trying to find a good window. I ended up getting caught in a three-day gale that pushed me east of Bermuda before I was hove to for three days out there. Oh, and boy. Yeah, just constantly getting pushed further and further and further out. And then it changed and then I got back. But it was one of those things where I, I've never had an ego when it comes to that sort of stuff. I tell people that I always take a Dramamine before I go on <laughs> any trip. Yep. And I'm always pretty nervous about it that first day, at least. It takes a little while and then I get very comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I am more comfortable in the middle of an ocean than I am on the, the sides of it. But um, there's still, yeah, there's concerns. And I think it's natural. I think if, if you don't have them, then you're going to get whooped one day. Yeah. So I think sure. we're all in a pretty good place. I'd like to think so. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> Sailing vessel Thalasso will. <laughs> I I can't wait until I get uh you know a picture or an email from uh, from the Bahamas. Oh gosh, I would love that. We'll totally send you one. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kenzie, for coming on again. Absolutely.